0: Welcome to The Authentically Successful Show. I'm Carol Schultz, founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation, a talent equity and leadership coaching and advisory firm. We partner with founders and CEOs to create talent-centric organizations, either where they don't currently exist or rebuild companies into talent-centric organizations. We are committed to supporting your vision and values by creating healthy, successful companies, leveraging the best talent, retention, development, and succession strategies. Listen at the end of the show for information about becoming my next guest on one of the most important podcasts for building thriving companies. Here we go. My guest today is Offer Yorvexel, CEO and founder of Peppery, headquartered in Israel. Offer, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for hosting me. I'm very impressed with the, how accurate you pronounced my name.
0: <laughs> well, probably because I'm partly because I'm a member of the tribe. <laughs> gives me a little bit of an advantage. So okay. uh, tell us a little bit about what peppery does at a high level.
1: Uh, we do B2b uh, sales platform as a software uh, mm-hmm. in the cloud. We are saas based. Helping uh, distributors, helping uh, manufacturers, companies like Dermalogica, like Coke, like uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, OGIware, uh, sell their products business to business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Using
0: can, our you, can, you, can you kind of paint us a picture of how that works?
1: Sure. Uh, there are, in general, it's divided, I would say, to two. Uh, but oh, maybe even three uh, nowadays people are selling in three main ways mm-hmm. one which is the traditional ways in the field in the past it used to be carrying a suitcase with samples and things like that nowadays yep. it's on ipad or in any device that is mobile mm-hmm. and we help them do that through their mobile device the second the second way it's the econ way e-commerce, but business to business e-commerce, as opposed to BC, Mm -hmm. uh, business to consumer, uh, which enables basically the customer of our customers to uh, communicate and take orders themselves with our customers. Mm -hmm. And the third way is over the phone. Uh, People can still, you know, take orders over the phone, but nowadays there are better ways of doing it. Mm -hmm. So we help them with uh, these three ways, uh, to repeat myself, telesale, uh, B2B be ecom, and field sales.
0: Got it. What's the biggest problem you solve for your clients?
1: Two problems. Uh, the first one is the complexity of managing uh, multiple channels uh, while keeping consistency in the experience, in the data, in, in the look and feel, in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big, big challenge, especially as it is between different teams of people and different technologies, because typically the field is using native apps, uh, offline, online, mm-hmm. while others are using typically browser-based technology, and it's quite hard uh, to mash them together into the same type of experience if it's not from the same vendor. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second problem is uh, like always in software automation. We are helping our customers really to fully automate their sales process. So nothing is uh, eliminating mistakes, delays, human errors, uh, wrong interpretations of things. Mm -hmm. We are being replaced gradually. Eventually there'll be no need for people in this world. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> uh, and you're, pri- you're privately held, uh, how are you funded?
1: Uh, we are self-sustained. We are uh, generating our own revenues and funding ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. But and you found, but you founded the company in 2009. Did you boot, were you bootstrapped or did you have any investors?
1: No, I had uh, two uh, investors uh, non-institutional, I, I, I must say, mm-hmm. that really helped bring the company to where it is today. Uh, mm-hmm. So at the beginning, they helped us a lot. Very, it's, very good. I mean, money-wise, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're now, as you say, self-sustained now. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey to, you know, where you are today. Um, you know, you spent you spent really the bulk of your career uh, in Sales and marketing, um, as well as products. So, how did you end up as a as a founder after you left Amdocs? Or and did you start prior to your departure from there?
1: Uh, okay. Prior to my departure, I started as an engineer. And I was working as an engineer for Intel and in, actually in Phoenix, in the Phoenix Valley. And uh, not just for Intel, uh, but several other semiconductor companies back Mm -hmm. then in the 90s. It was very popular in the Midwest, Southwest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, then I got an offer from a friend of mine who was uh, uh, learning with me in the university uh, to manage a company in Boston, a software company. And this is how I got into into software. Mm And managing that company back then in Boston I uh, started to work more and more with customers you know with and loved it mm-hmm. and then I went back to Israel and worked for several other companies as uh, as you said you know VP sales VP marketing uh, and VP product uh, and really this is the way things evolved Mdocs uh, how I started uh, Peppery. So uh, actually I was approached by two different individuals by chance uh, that uh, were sent by those investors uh, and by coincidence, both individuals recommended them to speak with me about this opportunity.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Uh, so they spoke with me about a certain opportunity, which is actually something that is completely different than what Peppery is doing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we reached an agreement to do back then what was warranty. Uh, this is how it's all started. We were managing warranties in the cloud, warranties of mainly watches, and after three to four years we switched focus to what we're doing today.
0: Interesting. So what was it about your background that two things what is it about your background that prepared you for what you're doing right now and what was it about your background that had these two uh, these people approach you about a company?
1: One of them used to work with me okay. uh, as a peer mm-hmm. I knew one of the people who were was consulting to that investor. Mm-hmm. the other one was a board member. Uh, in a company I was in the company I was managing in Boston
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, most likely they thought i I might be the right person to take this opportunity. And, and the other one, the, the one from the board is sort of a friend of mine as well. And, uh, I told him I want to, I'm looking for something new. So he knew about it as well.
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What kind of challenges um, would you say you've encountered as a first-time founder and CEO?
1: To be honest, I, I don't think I encountered. I think the only thing is is really managing cash, <laughs> and you know that suddenly it's your responsibility to bring cash so the company will not be shut down right. with investors. So this is the only one. But I need to say. The, throughout my career, I always felt like I'm managing the business I was working for. Mm-hmm. I was always uh, looking, you know, to the top, you know, on where we stand, whether we'll, we'll survive or where mm-hmm. are we, how are we going to grow. And so it was not new to me, but there is a different feeling when you know it's all on you.
0: Uh, yeah, right. And yeah, and that's really what I was, you know, what I'm asking about. Yeah. Um, you're in a fairly competitive market yes
1: very competitive yeah
0: so you know where do you stack up with your competitors what are some of the challenges that you and or your competitors are facing in the industry um and and what makes peppery different from your competition
1: yeah you know selling uh software that helps you sell which is generally speaking sort of CRM is a very Mm -hmm. very competitive market Um, and I'm competing with uh, the low end of the market you know companies that are extremely small typically low quality very rigid product but Mm -hmm. will give uh, typically uh, a much lower price, not necessarily cost of ownership, but Mm -hmm. uh, price to their product. Mm -hmm. And then I compete with uh, the companies that are the largest in the world, very high quality, very slow movers in terms of uh, their ability to make changes Mm -hmm. for a specific customer. Uh, But uh, on the other end, they have all the money in the world and most likely they'll be quite expensive as well. Right. So within this uh, boundaries, and you can find, and I'm not exaggerating, at least hundreds, if not thousands, of companies dealing with things that are touching what we are doing. Sure. Quite, uh, you need to define what makes you unique, as you asked, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and you do that by focusing on certain to start with territories, verticals, mm-hmm. and solutions within it because sale is a very wide thing. Uh, and selling uh, product versus services, there is a huge difference. And yeah. then there is a huge difference between selling fast-moving product to slow-moving product. Mm-hmm. And then you go further and you'll see that the, the huge difference between those that are... Uh, more control type product like alcohol and non-controlled. And there's so many things that can make a difference eventually in the way that you need to solve the problem for your customer. That uh, so you need to choose, you know, where you want to be the best and you cannot be the best in everything, especially being a small company. Right. Uh, Where we differentiate ourselves is we we are focusing on consumer goods mainly. Mm -hmm. On sales with consumer goods, not just also industrial, but it's physical goods and generally speaking, product that have one SKU. We are not dealing with the bomb of the product. Okay. Uh, And then uh, on customers that are mid-market and above, and typically in certain verticals, we are very strong in fast-moving, like food, beverages, beauty, as well as in eyewear. We are mm-hmm. very, Iwer, Omen, gift. there are certain industries that we are very strong in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, those industries have, uh, these industries have very unique requirements and uh, we are trying to address them better than any other.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, is that something that has evolved throughout the years? where, you know, even though you may, you may be industry agnostic by focusing on a particular industry or a couple of different vertical markets where you can be the leader in that space?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's it's both. Uh, I like to think about it as a boat, you know, where you mm-hmm. have the central of gravity. So when you start, you need to say where the boat is moving to. Mm-hmm. And once you realize, okay, this is where my strength is, and you learn it from the market. It's very hard to learn it around, you know, in the office. Mm -hmm. This is where you need to make a decision. Uh, Okay, this is where I want to focus. This is where I need to focus. Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to win, and you need to think long-term. Otherwise, it's very tempting not to do that. You chase every opportunity you encounter. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Have you? Have you taken any of your current clients from any of your competitors sure and how does that usually come about are they reaching out to you because they're unsatisfied or are you actually doing active outreach to 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 them
1: you know in 12 years uh it's different reason different uh different cycles, uh, but generally speaking, typically a customer would leave a vendor because he cannot, either does not provide them a good service, uh, we had situations like that, mm-hmm. but more often I would say, because he cannot address their requirements uh, mm-hmm. from architecture perspective. So it's not like a small feature that they can overcome. Uh, right. but it's something that is more than that. And we mm-hmm. do see situations like that customers, and typically they will use, you know, a lifetime of a product, a software product, is anywhere from three to six years. Mm-hmm. And once you reach this three to six years, typically the customer will start to ask himself, are there better product out there?
0: Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's your retention currently, your customer retention?
1: Uh, I can say that it's negative, uh, it's positive, meaning I uh, used to talk about churn. So right. in net, in it's uh, it's positive, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not exposing these numbers. I can tell you that it's low Good. compared so, to industry standards. So,
0: so I'll assume that's your that your retention is somewhere north of ninety percent based on what you're telling me. Good, which is which is great. Um, what what do you see your clients having wasted time and money on, if anything? prior to them becoming a customer.
1: You mean when they are stuck and not uh, upgrading their systems to a system like ours?
0: Yeah, it could be. Yes, yes. Any, anything that, that they may be wasting time and money on,
1: you know, in your I mean, interest When you deal with, uh, you know, the, uh, there is a, character, a caricature. I hope mm-hmm. I'm pronouncing it right. You will need to forgive me. I'm an Israeli. Uh, but there is a, that I really love. Uh, you see a battle, and uh, you know people from the, from the, you know Stone Age, you mm-hmm. know, uh, going with uh, knives and trying to kill the enemies. <laughs> the guy is running after them with this weapon, you know, with a machine gun, and trying, try, try, and they say, "Go away! We don't have time for you." So uh, I think this is the the bigger thing, you know, people typically, especially as you go to smaller company, they are so busy with their ongoing operation. Mm -hmm. In many cases, they don't have time and I don't blame them. I see it also in my company, you know, in many cases, it's very hard to stop and to say, okay, can we do things differently? Can we do things better? And Typically, doing a project like that is not simple. You need to really revisit your processes, your data, mm-hmm. and really put structure into things that uh, that not necessarily too structured. So uh, it's not easy to automate your processes. Right. How do uh, your, how- I think how- is the main reason, sorry.
0: No, 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 go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, how do you, How do your prospects typically connect with you? How do you market? Uh,
1: this is quite unique for Petri. I think uh, we are totally inbound. We are not uh, doing any. I don't have SDRs. Mm-hmm. No one is. Uh, we are not chasing new customers uh, by phone. Uh, so typically, we might do webinars. We might do things to attract customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we will not chase them unless they contact us and explicitly say, can we talk? Can I see a demo? Can you answer blah, blah? Can you do this and that? And this is how we start the discussion. Mm -hmm. So we are totally inbound in that respect. We are just trying to publish as many uh, case studies that are relevant to those uh, industries uh, and really be there in Podcasts
0: like this as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, that's a really interesting strategy. I think you're, in all the years I've been doing this, probably the first person who's ever said they're totally inbound. Um, why is that that you're not doing any outbound with SDRs or anything like that?
1: Maybe because I'm wrong. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> or maybe I, not, know, right? I have uh, There's, there's got to be a method behind your madness, right?
1: <laughs> as you rightly say I have uh, a lot of sales and marketing experience mm-hmm. uh, and what I learned is that and I think it's like in every other thing the, there are certain methods that uh, that are way more efficient mm-hmm. and then as you exhaust them you are forced to if you really want to continue growing or accelerate you might need to do things that are less Uh, Efficient, but still give you the gross numbers you need. Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the fact that, uh, with our structure, that I don't have money to really to burn just in order to show growth uh, as expected from typically VC-based companies. Right, I was just thinking that. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I don't have this pressure to show exponential growth on one hand. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I don't have the money they have to really do that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So everything I do is way more careful and way more efficient in that respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in a way, I like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have have you... I'm sorry, go on.
0: I'm not finished. Have Have you considered at all over the last 12 years taking any institutional financing?
1: Sure. Actually... Uh, one year, uh, I went out to do that, only one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a specific year, we had like two offers on the table, but uh, eventually we decided to refuse to take them.
0: Okay. Why?
1: I, I think it's because of that reason we just uh, described. They were looking on our growth figures yeah. and estimated the company accordingly. Mm -hmm. uh, And we thought that it's not the right valuation and we thought the company can do better without money in terms of increasing its valuation, increasing Mm -hmm. its size, uh, and maybe do it later. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's not that we are opposing it as a strategy, it's just a timing Not not
0: the right time, okay.
1: Yeah. Um, And by the way, it proved to be right because since then, the company continued the growth. Uh, you might be saying I'm wrong because maybe if we had, you know, tons of, of millions of dollars, we could accelerate but uh, and worth much more. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: Well, you know, I mean, it, listen, Alfred, that's a really great point. Um, I think about that a lot because I, I, I deal with a lot of startups personally and have over the last almost 30 years. And. You know, I, I, I was talking to a founder, an InsureTech founder. Um, I think we had this conversation last year. And I said, so how's business going? He says, it's going well. I said, have you, you know, have you thought about, have you decided if you're going to take an A round or, you know, or not, or going to continue to bootstrap? And um, he said, yeah, well, we're thinking about it. And, and I, you know, went and asked him, which would be the same I would ask you is, you know, are, are do you believe you're able to get from point A to point B? Whatever that is, in it, in the same time on your own as you would if you had that outside funding, and can you still grow your company the way you want to with that outside funding? Right. Those are the questions you need to ask.
1: Yeah, uh, and like anything else, there is always pros and cons to each. Correct. Uh, I think we are a bit different in that respect. Uh, Uh, And the way uh, we view it, I mean, from the majority of the businesses, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, I can tell you we reached the point that we are growing. We are, I would say we are not trying to be profitable, but I mean, we are not burning money because better take the money and pour it back into the company for growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we are growing. We're sort of profitable. And yes, I think now is, uh, when I say now, maybe toward the end of this year, it will be the right timing for us to do that. I think we are going to have a fabulous year this year.
0: That's fantastic.
1: How much we are you growing? Fabulous, we have a fabulous uh, quarter this quarter. Really amazing one.
0: Awesome. Uh, how much have you been growing year over year, percentage-wise?
1: Not a lot, as you can imagine. It's like 20%.
0: Okay. No, listen, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs> Sorry? It's better than a sharp stick in the eye. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, um, and you know, it, it's like I said, it, it, to your point, when you don't take outside funding, you don't have the same pressures, right? And it's it's not for me or anyone else to tell you that your company needs to grow, you know, at 30 or 40 or 50% per year, right? Okay your company and and you know how you want it to grow, Um, you know, and you have different pressures the way you're doing it now than, again, than you would if you were to take institutional funding. And that may make sense, you know, later in the year, to your point. Um, Talk a little bit about your company culture. How many employees do you have right now? Around 80. Around 80. So 80 employees. Tell me a little bit about your company culture and, you know, what you believe makes it unique. And if I was an employee of yours, what would I particularly notice about that?
1: I think we have uh, sort of a family type culture and, uh, you know, data will tell you that, uh, that our retention rate employee wise is very high. Good. Typical, a uh, typical uh, tech firm. Tech firm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, people here who are here from the beginning uh, and really started as student and became team leader and even and, and vice president. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh th- there is sort of a family uh, feeling here, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Actually, everyone was working in this company is telling me that it ha- that we have a different, even people that just entered the, the office are telling me that there is a different atmosphere in this company in that respect. Mm-hmm. I think we are very, uh, I think we are very uh, transparent. Uh, there's no hierarchy in the company in back mm-hmm. to, the, of course there is, but in terms of the way we do things on day to day, uh mm-hmm. I personally speak and I know all the employees uh, and speak when I say I know them, not just what they are doing at work, but I really know their families and so mm-hmm. forth. And I think it's quite unique in, the, in this industry, but maybe I'm wrong. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. I would say it's fairly unique. Um I have talked to others that do, that do the same. And I, you know, always cheer you on because I think it's a, it's a wonderful way to, of course, maintain the retention rate, right? Do you have a particular strategy? You say you know everyone, you've got 80 employees. What do you, what are you doing proactively to make sure that you're keeping your finger directly on the pulse of your employees?
1: Generally speaking, you know, each individual is different and I'm sure you know it, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some the majority of the individuals are trying to do the same things. You know, we, all, we, we are all quite similar in uh, what we are trying to achieve. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think all of us are looking for purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the number one thing uh, for the majority of us and, and to feel that we are valued. These are the two things that we are looking at, mm-hmm. at work in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just at work, but in general, in life. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. for the big majority of the people, if you provide them these two things, and of course salary and all other things are important yeah. and you yeah. cannot be giving them something that is below standard. Right. But as long as you are on standard with the rest, and I don't think we are both standard with the rest, and I don't think we are below, we're pretty much where the industry is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for as long as uh, the other basic stuff is met, I think uh, this is the key to keep your employees. And I think if they feel that you value them, that you that, that you have a direction, that you are consistent in the way that you make decisions, that uh, mm-hmm. you value them as people, as individuals, mm-hmm. they they value you back. This is the way I feel. Uh, mm-hmm. in yeah, I,
0: I, I wouldn't disagree with that, you know. People, um, I, I believe people, it, yes, you have to pay people a salary so they can live, right? We all need that. But I think what's more important is people really want to do good work. And they want to do interesting work. And they want to feel like they're contributing. Yeah. Right?
1: And and, and, they and in order to do that, you need to create an atmosphere that they right. really Care about the company, that they mm-hmm. understand what the company is trying to achieve, and they share the concern and the mm-hmm. wins of the company is as, mm-hmm. as their concern, is their wins. Right. And, and in yeah. order to do that, you need to be transparent with them, but really transparent. And yeah. do not let them feel like, no, no, I'm your boss, and this is not for you to know.
0: Right. Uh,
1: I'm uh, sharing pretty much the entire information with the employees uh, yeah. on a regular basis. Uh, And I will. I I don't remember myself telling an employee this is not a data you should know. Of course, uh, I'm not pertaining to salaries, but right, right, of course. Anything else I share with them.
0: So, so where do you see yourself um, investing resources for growth over the next year? And would that then change if you do take uh, institutional capital?
1: Yeah, Uh, there's. Actually, it's one of my mantras this year to everyone. Uh, there are two areas that are blocking our our growth right now. Number one is marketing, mm-hmm. because no one knows about peppery. We are too small, you know. Okay, that's, that's outbound. <laughs> and, are, and there is a wow factor when we do a presentation and a demo to companies that are searching for a solution like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, So so I think marketing is number one, and Mm -hmm. I'm emphasizing marketing as opposed to sales. I
0: I get it. I I completely agree, in fact.
1: And uh, the number two is uh, R&D. If I could accelerate uh, my development and do things that, and there's always things that you want to do and you want to do them faster for your customers Mm -hmm. and in order to innovate faster. Um, So these are the two areas that I will, yeah. Invest more uh, mm-hmm. dramatically more, and if I had tons of money, I would still focus on these two in general yeah. uh, before spending money on other places. Good, but but by the condition when you invest there, it's yeah. you need to invest in other places. There is a certain level of balance that you need to keep, but the majority of right. In. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I can't tell you the numbers of companies that if you don't market, they just fall by the wayside. It is, I mean, I think it's really the single most important thing a company can do once they have a product built and, you know, so on and so forth. People have to know who you are. What yeah. is it? Ab-
1: what is and it ab- again, I did not say uh, in marketing, go to uh, outbound. I would still stick to inbound.
0: Right. No, no, I, I got it. But But so what do you consider marketing then? So, what kind of marketing do you do? Uh,
1: more, uh, more events, more, uh, okay. more, uh, content, more, uh, more content, more yep. content, more stories with my customers. Okay, yep. uh, we have amazing, beautiful stories with some of our customers. I'm amazed when I'm talking to them. And uh, last week, I was interviewing two large customers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much seriously I, that I didn't know. And, and I'm always learning and, and it's like, wow, if I could tell that to the world, uh, I can, can always say, oh this is a new angle that mm-hmm. we can talk about. you know And there's so many things that uh, you can do, but you need people to do it. you need, you need money to do it. So I think this is, these are the type of things. Uh, that mm-hmm. Be more top leadership, be more, more known as a top leadership.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's really that's really an important point. Um, If somebody were just getting into your industry,
1: what kind of advice would you give them? Into our specific industry? Mm -hmm. Focus. (laughs)
0: Focus?
1: (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean? More than other industries, uh, because it's crowded. The more the, the more your space is crowded, your focus is more important.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, what are the biggest opportunities and threats in your space?
1: The opportunity is moving to digital. It's quite obvious that the world is moving to everything is so helping our customers in this transition because it's it, the the non digital world is not going to disappear, mm-hmm. uh, not in the foreseeing immediate future, right? So helping in this transition, there's a huge opportunity here. The threat is uh, centralization, uh, that everything will go to uh, you know, to few giant vendors. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a real, real threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you analyze it, always when you look on industries from outside, big majorities of those yeah. industries you might know two, three names and you think the entire industry is those names, but then when you analyze it money-wise, sure. you realize that in the big majority of the times, it's just fr- fraction of where the entire yeah. money
0: is. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was actually thinking that earlier in our conversation when we were talking about your competitors because you know, I remember in the heyday of SAP, I mean, this has got to be, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, uh, if not more, I, I just can't remember, it's been so long. You know, people would think of SAP and think of ERP and think they own the entire market. And I believe at the most, if I'm remembering correctly, they only owned, they owned about 35% of the market. And, and you know, the overwhelming was, boy, they have every customer. Well, clearly they don't, Right.
1: You'll be shocked. To your point. The amount of ERPs that we are running into even today. uh, We are integrated to about 100 different ERPs. Mm -hmm.
0: But you know, the view is like one company owns everything, right? But that's really not the case.
1: Uh, I was shocked when I saw how the money of media is spread. I thought Google is controlling the world and media and blah And Suddenly when I saw the Someone showed me a chart about the media, about yeah. all the companies that are above billion dollar in sales. Right. Tons of companies other than Google. Of course, Google is the giant. Okay, right. but there are like plenty of others who are over billion dollar. That's right. A lot so of You just need to find your niche. And it's like it's like if you look at, at history, you know, empires are going up. And then they go down finally. Sure. Uh, eventually, no fun. You know, yeah, things, yeah. the world is changing all the time. And it cannot be at the top all the time. Right.
0: So how do you spend your time when you're not working?
1: <laughs> in the sea. <laughs> Doing what in
0: the sea?
1: Uh, sailing, uh, headling, uh, surfing. Uh, I like the sea.
0: You, you live uh, in a good place. Almost for that.
1: every day, I spend at least four or five times a, a week. I'm spending like two hours a day in the sea.
0: That's fantastic, uh, and you have children, yeah? Uh,
1: young, you <laughs> did- I have two children. They are like in their late twenties.
0: Okay, so yeah, you're you're. Uh, so it's not it's not like you have young kids that are spending that time with you. So okay.
1: oh, my daughter is my daughter did a worldwide trip by herself. Uh, all around surfing. She was surfing all over the world. Oh, awesome. And uh, so I spend some time with her. Sometimes we go together to the beach. Mm-hmm. That's, that's terrific.
0: So if um, somebody listening is thinking, God, this is such a super cool company, I'd love to investigate working for them. What would you suggest they do?
1: Contact us. Uh, peppery.com. And uh, send us a message and we'll be with you. We'll mm-hmm. And that's like. P-E-P-P-E-R-I. Like pepper and then I at the end. Gotcha.
0: So I have to ask you one, one final question. <laughs> What's with the frogs?
1: <laughs> uh, it, it's a long answer. You have time?
0: Yeah, I have time if you have time. <laughs> I'll make the time. Yeah, the previous
1: name was Warranty, but it was, prono- it was written uh, like W-R-N-T-Y. No one knew how to find it. Yeah, yeah. And it was exactly around what we were doing, which is warranties in the cloud. And as we switch mm-hmm. to what we're doing now, uh, I realized that it was such a smart decision, which I will uh, recommend also to other founders. I, re- I realized that I don't know where the company will end up. Yeah. And the first switch was to do a solution for sales rep and the product was uh, super rep. You might find even articles on that uh, from 10 years ago, you know, in, mm-hmm. on Google. So anyway, so I, I decided that the next name I will give to the company, I realized Warrant is not a good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had uh, like a few criteria. First of all, that I can, it must be .com and it must be cheap. So yeah, affordable, right? <laughs> and it must be something that it will be easy to pronounce and to right. write. Mm-hmm. I found Peppery, uh, and then I realized through dinners with, dinner with a friend of mine in New York, my best friend. Mm-hmm. New York, uh, he's a genius, this guy. And he told me, you know, Peppery is a frog. I told him, what are you talking about? <laughs> I thought it's a uh, pepper, uh, we'll do something with pepper. Say, no, Peppery is a frog from Peru. I told oh, him, OK, I looked into Google, and he was right. I say, OK, uh, we'll do a, a frog. And the interesting part is, when I presented that in the board that I'm changing the name to frog to Peppery, uh, I have those two investors. And one of them uh, opened his eyes on me, and he say, a frog? I say, yeah, and I didn't know where. <laughs> where is he taking it? Right. And then he said, "I love frogs." It's and I asked him, "Why do you love frogs?" He said, "Because they can only move forward." Yeah, no, that's and, awesome. And then this guy told me for 40 years I have a Sabrotsky frog on my desk, and I'm going to give it to you. And I have it here. It's. <laughs> Two days later, it arrived by mail from Switzerland, from his desk to my (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) It's a true
0: story. That's fantastic. Well, I I have to say, I really appreciate the time you spent, and I really want to thank you, um, Offer Your Vexel, um, CEO and founder of Peppery. It's really been a delight to spend time with you today.
1: Thank you very, very much. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to Authentically Successful. If you are a successful founder or CEO who would like to be on this program, please visit verticlelevation.com slash podcast slash apply. If you learned something from this interview and it made a difference, please share it on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can also do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend. And if you know of someone who would be a great guest, tag them on LinkedIn or Twitter to let them know about the show and include the hashtag